Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This is episode 13. Feels like it's been a while since we've done these, but it's time to get back into it. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing Dan Lin and uh, the seemingly new host, the new head of DC Studios, um, and the new rumblings that have been going across everywhere. Uh, apparently, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are back. So let's... Uh, Let's not waste any time. Let's just get right into it because apparently that's what everyone wants to talk about. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I thought we were going to do a little bit extended uh, title card time. Hello, David. No, it was like it started. You did it Good again. Lord. My Why? computer's a jerk today. You played it twice. We did. We double went into the matrix. Double in, double in. Anyways, uh, so earlier this week, uh, Dan Lin uh, was announced as the new head honcho, or rather the the guy who's going to be taking the job. Uh, the announcement came that he was in final talks, uh, which in Hollywood speak is by the time they announce it, it means it's already happened. They're just ironing it out at the very end. Hundred percent. Um, you would not announce if there was any. If they were negotiating anything, this would not have been announced. Right. This is a done deal. So, uh, for people who don't know who Dan Lin is, uh, he's actually had a long history at the studio. Uh, he was executive producer for the uh, Godzilla, the new Godzilla movies, the like Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong. He uh, had some work with. Uh, he did it chapters one and two. He was an executive producer there. He produced Aladdin. Uh, under uh, Alan Horn over at Disney. Uh, he produced the Lego movies, the Lego Batman, the Lego movie, Lego movie 2, the Ninjago movie. Um, but the big one, uh, he also produced the uh, the Netflix Death Note movie. But um, I personally liked it. Apparently I, the internet <laughs> thinks I'm a pariah for liking it. I have not watched it, so I can't. I've seen the anime, but I haven't seen the show. Uh, right, The right. thing that all of those movies that you just mentioned is that those oh, are really... the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr., all of those movies are, were, and are really big films. Yeah. Those Godzilla movies was a return to Godzilla, especially in the West. And like, oh, these are huge movies. Now, that first that first Godzilla, that 2014 Godzilla is still my, the Brian Cranston one is still my favorite of them. So good. I and love Billy that Bobby one so Bo much because it's like, it's like Jaws with Godzilla. I loved it. Yeah, they don't show. Yeah, they show Barrett. They show a little tiny bit of Godzilla in that movie. Uh, all of those movies sound exactly what Discovery wants to do. They want big yeah. movies that are cinematic events that you go and see there. The other thing that is true of all those movies is an array of talent and also like a lot of kids. He's like worked with a lot of like good kid actors, right? So maybe we're going to see some cradle to the grave type stuff. We'll see some kid superheroes turn into adult superheroes. The Lego movie took a ton of different properties and did something really fun with them. And I yeah. guarantee you he had to get the, I mean, I'm sure Lego has the rights to a ton of stuff, but you still have to get the permission to do all that stuff. Right. Right. It's, it's it is a big, um, it's a big endeavor to make that thing happen. Um, it's been funny because the moment he was announced as the head, um, you have people who actually know, like the the insiders who actually know things about this, this guy. And it was kind of like unanimous praise, like, holy crap, this guy's perfect. Why didn't we think of this before? Like everyone I spoke to, um, I, I spoke to VFX workers. I spoke to writers, producers. I spoke to indie directors. I spoke to people who worked on sets as key grips. I, I expect anyone who's ever had any dealings with this guy and they loved the idea of him doing it ironically well, what about him though is it because he's easy to work with and people can approach him and he's collaborative or that he just has really good ideas and wants a people little to go both. to work okay a little of both and i think the big thing that people need to realize is that so he has a history with dc already and it was actually before the lego batman movie and he actually talked about it on a podcast which apparently uh some of the, the hardcore Snyder fans, like the ones that get really toxic sometimes, they just went at it with their teeth saying this guy's a monster because of this podcast. But uh, long story short, he was uh, one of the main executive producers and the big the big individuals behind the scenes that were trying to make uh, Justice League Mortal to happen back in 2008, back before the writer's strike killed that project. And that project was a huge endeavor for DC. It was actually going to be their first shared universe project. The idea was that they're going to introduce the Justice League, starting out just straight out, like 
Justice League had been around for like a decade. They broke up, and now they're coming back together because uh, Maxwell Lord and a few other, uh, like Talia al Ghul, a few other characters were doing this like big event that was going to basically cause the Justice League to return. And the idea was that once this movie finished, they were going to spin off and do individual solo films, then lead it back into another second Justice League movie. So they were doing the Marvel formula just in reverse. And this was actually supposed to have gone in production before Iron Man even wrapped filming. Like this was actually something they were working on. And this project had Army Hammer as Batman. It had uh, DJ Katona as Superman. Like it had this Anton Yelnick uh, from uh, Star Trek and a few other things. He was actually going to be Wally West in this film. Um, there was so many characters in this film. Like they just were going straight for it. And he was essentially the Kevin Feige of DC before Kevin Feige was Kevin Feige of Marvel. And then Rider Strike happened, the project died, and then the rest is history. But go on. Asterix. So when Disney bought Fox, or let me say this, Kevin Feige was the one that may that didn't allow Fox to do the good things with the X-Men movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, so he came through with a hammer and was like, no, nah, you're not doing any of this stuff. Is there any shit that Dan Lin is going to do the same thing? Do you think he was the one that, do you think secretly behind doors, he was the one who's like, yeah, we're not releasing that Batgirl movie? I don't think so. Um, okay. It would be funny if he was, honestly. Oh. But, um, the the reality is that, so Dan Lin, um, I think people who don't understand, like people are like, oh, Justice League Mortal was trash. They, they, they haven't read the script. The script is amazing. Um, and mind you, that wasn't even the final script. The one that leaked online was like the draft before the final draft, and the final mm -hmm. draft was even better. Um, this project in particular had so much work on it, and it was actually coming from George Miller of Mad Max. Like he was he was head hunting this whole thing, and so many designs, so many concepts, so many so plot lines were actually regurgitated into later DC comics and movies and projects. Like this was actually something that was it was, had so many good ideas. That DC was like, let's hold on to these and we'll use them again when we can because these were fantastic ideas. Like some of the designs, like uh, Aquaman, his design in that movie was recycled and used for Justice League. Yeah. Right? The uh, the design that we had for Superman in that movie was actually regurgitated and used now in the comics. The the John Jonathan Kent Superman, the, the Superboy one, uh, that's the same suit that Superman was wearing in that film. Mm. And there were so many of these awesome little designs, some of these little details that were carried back over. And I, I don't for a second think that this guy is a bad fit. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of scoopers that are going out there saying Dan Lin is a jerk that Jan Lin hated Zack Snyder and blah, blah, blah. Like the reality is there was a podcast that was being held. Oh, was Dan Lin the one that said that the Zack Snyder cut was a mistake? No, 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 no. That was actually, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Dan Lin um, <laughs> in this podcast, the podcast was actually hosted by, that one individual who keeps writing those hit pieces for um, the old executives, the one that kept like, oh, the Rolling Stone, Ezra's a, like a pedophile, things like that. Like the one that just kept attacking everybody who got in a big verbal altercation with Ray Fisher, who Zack Snyder said, Jeff Johns is uh, feeding this lady information. We'll just be on the head because they're going to, they're going to try to slander us again. Uh, so she had a podcast, invited him on and talked about how she was being harassed by the Snyder fans. And he jokingly said, oh, you mean the, the Snyder bots, as you call them. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he called them the bots. But in context, he was kind of poking fun at her. Yeah, because he knows. I guarantee you his Twitter is blowing up now that this news. I guarantee you he's not being attacked by bots. He's being attacked by good old-fashioned fanboys that yeah. would like to see their superhero toys be played with in a respectful way. Right, manner. right. Exactly. And so um, everyone I've talked to behind the scenes laughed. And they are like, no, he doesn't hate Snyder. No, he doesn't hate. Uh, the Snyder fans, he was kind of poking fun at her. But when every time you're on a on a show, like you don't go on a Howard Stern show and then diss Howard Stern to his face. Like you just sure. you're polite to the host. Sure. And you kind of just like grin and bear it sometimes. And it's kind of awkward, but that's what it is. So the context of that that podcast was that he was kind of just playing to the host because that was what was expected of him. Sure. And that's fine. Um, but um, aside from all of that, there's been a lot of chatter since our last show. When I mentioned that there was a, a possibility that Ben and Henry were coming back, there was the all the details behind the scenes of Henry and and uh, filming some stuff for Black Adam, and then he was supposed to be at Comic Con, then he wasn't at Comic Con. Um, but that was COVID's fault. That was that was Omicron. That was it. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, alleged, yes, allegedly. I didn't allegedly. See his test. Yeah, I um, didn't see his. Test. So again, I am not a 
I'm not a scooper. I'm no longer a scooper. I don't want to be a scooper. I like to share things as they come out. Um, just because I know things before they get released doesn't mean I want to be like that person who says, guess what? Breaking news. This is happening. Um, there's been a lot of chatter over the last few days from, from people, uh, from scooper accounts. And it's kind of on a unanimous that everyone now realizes that Ben and Henry are back. That is the, the bottom line. Do you, um, hold on. Do you think that they're putting these pieces together or do you think somebody made the leap and everyone's following that person? A little of both. Okay. Okay. So there is actual chatter. I mean, obviously, uh, the, I, I, I kind of get into some of these details first. Like, um, there was a, a piece from Variety. I think it was a uh, Boris kit. Uh, he revealed that the reason why we're, all these movies are getting shuffled around is because essentially, Wonder Brothers Discovery is, uh, uh, I think the term is house poor, right? They had just sunk everything that they had into buying this company. And they are now killing projects to regain some capital, which partly why Batgirl was killed so they could get a tax break, a $90 million tax break. Um, Let me explain house poor to people. So when young couples buy their very first house, they scrimp and save. They finally buy a first house. They get this beautiful home. And what what kind of curtains are they using? Bed sheets. They don't have money to invest in the yard yet. They spent all the money yeah. on this house. So they exactly. have this amazing movie studio, but not necessarily all the cash on hand to make these movies. Exactly. So they have enough money to uh, to release and promote only a handful of movies a year. And they had so many things that were coming up and they hired, they brought people back for additional photography. They brought Henry back. They brought Ben back. They moved Flash. And then uh, after our last show, after our uh, our show, when I talked about um, Ezra and everything that was going on with them. Uh, that is a Patreon exclusive episode. If yes. you would like to listen to that episode, please become a Patreon member. That'll be the only plug till the end of the show. Right. Uh, the There was a, uh, I think we brought it up, uh, Ezra had gone to Warner Brothers uh, and apologized to the management, uh, met with Michael DeLuca, the guy who's running Warner Brothers Pictures right now. And uh, long story short, uh, Ezra did not care about the negative headlines. And that was kind of what was revealed, that Ezra knew that the gossip was going out there, didn't care, right? It's like, okay, it's not true, don't care, whatever. Ezra told them that they want this movie released and that they support it, which also means... That Ezra Miller promised to do the media tour, which I'm right. sure everyone was like, will they, won't they? So that means like, yep, everyone's on board. Let's start the machine up. Right. So just this last week, I think it was August 24th, Ezra came with their uh, their uh, agent, uh, Scott Metzger, I think is his name, Scott Metzger, um, met with DeLuca and met with a few people and basically said, I didn't care about the, the gossip. I didn't care about the drama. I didn't care about all the fake headlines. I didn't care about any of it until I realized it was going to destroy this film. Yeah. And, until Ezra Miller realized that a ton of people were about to lose their jobs. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so Ezra uh, committed to going to, going to therapy, going to treatment, getting all that done. Uh, it basically said that they will do whatever it takes to make this work because they love playing Barry Allen. They love the fans. They love the fandom. They want it to work. And if the studio says we will only make this work, if you do these things, that's an easy price to pay. And that was how that meeting went. And apparently the meeting went so well that the talks of shelving the film is dead. And the talks of recasting Ezra is also dead. As long as everything goes forward, they're going to be hundred percent back on team Ezra, which is amazing. And, and I, and I think that, you know, for a long time, this movie is supposed to be the sourdough starter that starts all these other movies. And if Ezra wants to do it, we can, sprinkle the flash in the next four other movies that they want to do because he'll bring everyone together. Yeah. And the, so the talk of the town right now is that um, along with Ben filming stuff for uh, uh, Aquaman, uh, they are also filming stuff for uh, the flash. They're retooling the ending. Kind of like I said in my other, the a few shows back that they were likely going to retool the ending so that instead of Ezra going to this new universe, Ezra just returns back home with a crazy journey. And that's essentially what sounds like is happening, that they're kind of retooling the ending to kind of, instead of reboot everything, they're kind of like like DC Rebirth kind of it. Like they're not going back to the same thing, but they're going back to like a 90% the same with a few like tonal changes, things like that. But the big, the big thing is that Ben is still Batman, Henry is still Superman, that universe is continuing. Um, the Snyderverse is not quite being restored 
per se, but they're using the Snyderverse as the springboard to continue. So it's like they're, they're not gonna, rebooting. They're pivoting back onto the course that they wanted to be on. They're going to go steal Cyborg or one of those other characters and bring him over to whatever universe they go to. Like, I, I think that you're going to get the same actors in different sort of flavors of these characters. Right. Does Dan Lin, ha- do we know, does he have any favorite DC heroes that he feel aren't getting enough love? Like, is he a big plastic man? And all of a From sudden- From my understanding, Dan Lin um, was a huge fan of Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and um, and the Trinity, like the big oh. three. The other, well, I was about to say, the three we haven't got. And two of them we haven't really got. And the third we've gotten a little bit of. Yeah. So they're uh, they're 100% all in with getting, apparently getting abandoned and Henry back and getting that to happen. And um, sounds like, uh, they're, essentially, they're going to go back to a timeline that is not quite Justice League timeline and not quite Zack Snyder's Justice League timeline, but kind of like, um, obviously, like the invasion of Darkseid could still be in the cards because Darkseid is, by the comic standpoint, a multiversal, multiversal figure that exists as a prime throughout all of the multiverse. Right. right. So that invasion can still very much happen. Uh, I just had it. I just had it. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to lose it. Oh, Ben and Henry are going to agree to this thing. Do they sign them for three pictures and then they shoot? two of them back to back or like, what is the scope of this? Because individually we probably need an individual Ben Affleck Batman movie with a central thesis that sets something up. Probably another standalone Superman movie. They can interact with each other, but they need to be central stories to then culminate uh, in something like a justice league or maybe a part two of both of those movies. Yeah. Maybe just a world's finest. Just bring up proper yeah. world's finest project. Um, from my understanding, um, and I've said this before, I went on, on uh, the Instagram. I went on the Instagram and talked about this. Grandpa, what um, did you do on the Instagram? I went on the Instagram. Um, so essentially what happened was I had spoken to a few people that had actual um, spoken with Zack Snyder recently. Um, and by recently, they were straight up in like in his living room talking to him about this. And everyone I spoke to uh, behind the scenes and who's talked to Zach directly have confirmed that Zach has not spoken to Warner Brothers Discovery post-merger. And that Zach is apparently totally okay with it. Um, apparently, allegedly, Zach is more in love with the freedom that he's been getting from Netflix than he was working under the constraints of a studio. Which makes total sense. Yeah, is trying whatever they can do to win the streaming wars. They will let him do whatever he wants to as long as those numbers are coming in there. It's an untraditional studio. And they're more of a technology company. So it's a very Netflix is a weird space. But it's perfect for a guy who doesn't want to be told what to do with his movies. Right. And from from allegedly what's happening is that he may may, uh, re-up his contract with Netflix or he may just be like a I'll just continue working with you without the contract. But aside from, like, his contract ends in less than a year. And he already has the Army of the Dead animated series, the Army of the Dead sequel, Rebel Moons Part 1 and 2, and apparently another project that he's working on for them. He has got such a busy plate that he's not even thinking about DC right now. Can we take him off, can we take him off the table for the next two years? That's a very full schedule that you just told me. Um, from my understanding, uh, I talked to a few other people behind the scenes who said the the current management. Um, the, it was really funny because the I was like, so what's what's the talk about Dan Lin? And they're like, honestly, Dan Lin is not Walter Hamada, and everyone is happy about it. And that was the well, big the big talk. I um, saw I saw another story, and you tell me where this fits in that the Warner Brothers animation department doesn't feel like Discovery Plus is respecting them or taking them seriously. And I don't know if that was project or maybe that's because the pro like the Scooby-Doo, like the Scooby-Doo project, they like did the final score and stuff. That movie was yeah, like it was done done. Done done. Uh is so, that why they feel that way? Can Dan Lynn maybe smooth this over? Because I feel like one of the things. You know, this whole process we've been talking about these movies, the one solid thing is 
Warner Brothers, DC Animation, those movies have been really strong for a very long yeah. time now. They, you know, sometimes they're a little bit too kiddy, but they push the envelope every now and then. And like, really great projects have come out of them. Can he fix that, or are some people going to leave and we're going to see some new animation houses? So I think people need to understand kind of the overall how it kind of works in a in a studio kind of like Warner Brothers, right? Um, they uh, basically found that animation as a whole wasn't profitable on HBO Max. They found that the app was essentially hemorrhaging money, and the day and the day and date digital uh, project of Jason Keillor and a few others from uh, the year before last basically shot Warner Brothers in the foot. They lost hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue because they decided to just put everything day one on HBO Max. Instead um, of going to Redbox, instead of going to Showtime, instead of going to T, like instead of other avenues that would have paid them more money for them. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly it. So what they're, what they did was they canceled the Batman, the, the, the dark Knight or the crusader. Well, I just totally forgot the name of that cartoon. It was Bat Knight's uh, new, a Batman's new cartoon that they're coming out with from um, the, the essentially the team that made Batman the animated series, Bruce Tim was bringing this with JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves. And they were going to do this kind of retelling kind of a noir style Batman series, which they described as a spiritual successor of the animated series. Um, HBO decided that they're not moving forward with it, but they were optioning it out to other studios. Yeah. It sounds really expensive. Everybody it sound it are all of those names are already big hitters. That's going to be a very expensive project. It's going to look great. But Cape you, Crusader. I just, there it is. Cape Crusader. Thank you. Um, but that can't look like a Saturday morning cartoon. That has to look no, pretty. It has to look very pretty. And the thing is, yeah. um, they found that just like, for instance, young justice had a massive following on social media. I love but the Young numbers, Justice. But the numbers sucked. And that's the, last the reality. season wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of people who basically blamed that the, the writers and producers kind of went very political and very activist route. And they, they sacrificed the story to tell their politics. And a lot of people just stopped tuning in. So the that's reality not, is that... That's not the problem with the show. The problem with the show is you had a whole magic arc that then fizzled out into a space arc. All yeah. three of the arcs just fizzled out. They pretended to be dead at one point. Like there was unsatisfactory things. The woke politics did not bother me in that show. And but a lot of people did. A lot of people turned out really? tuned out because of it. And is whatever. There's a great like, episode where the lady with alien powers, I think her, I don't remember her name. Her name is Sonic Boom. She Sarah, she shares custody of a kid with special needs. Uh he has autism of some kind. I'm going to let you know that I thought that was an amazing thing to to tackle in a kid's show. Right. Now, it's not a kid's show, but I was like, wow, this is really, this is progressive stuff. They People didn't like it. Maybe. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was the fact that Aqualad became, like, gay overnight. That was a thing that they just, like. He's fish sticks. What could you say? Like, yeah. he's just. <laughs> anyway, there was sticks. a lot of stuff that people just weren't happy with it. And. Um, there was a lot of longtime fans that kind of tuned out. I mean, the, sh the show had quality. It did. But it became less of a show for kids and teenagers as more of a show for 30-year-olds who enjoyed this, the first two seasons. And that was the yeah, reality of the show. Oh, that's so true. Oh, it's so gross when you refer to me that way. When you tell yeah. me when you've lumped me into those categories. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that it just is what it is. I mean, my son, we own the first two or three seasons on DVD. And then my son's just stopped watching it because he's like, I don't understand what's going on. This is just, it's not a kid show anymore. It's all over the place. It, it, yeah. just season three, is that when Constantine, when they do the, I think no, it's season four, right? So, they, sure. <laughs> it's all over the place. The it is all over were, the place. The first two seasons were so concise. And then they have so many characters. They just don't know what to do it. Beast Boy got addicted to drugs. They didn't even have him fighting anymore. He just did too many drugs on his fake Star Trek show. Yeah, and see, that's not really a kid's topic. So, no, you know, it's not. But the reality is that show it was kind of like front and center for a lot of people. Like the Harley Quinn show is doing very well, so it's going to continue. But shows like Young Justice, the other risky projects like Superman, uh, or what do they call that one? Uh, Superman... It was there was a Superman show coming out, the, the Adventures of Superman and Lois or something, some some sure. reboot cartoon. There was Batman Cape Crusader. There was going to be a Wonder Woman cartoon. All these things proved to be very costly, and the market, as they found, was that HBO was not getting animation as a focal point. They made their deal with Crunchyroll. The anime is there. No one's really watching it. They made their deal with Cartoon Network. Anime is there. 
no one's really watching it. They they found that the stuff that was really hitting for people were like the movies. Like the yeah. reason HBO was HBO. Right. And so they decided that it's probably better to option these projects off and make some money off of it. Because you make more money licensing a project than you do keeping it in-house. Yo, you think we're going to get like a Batman done by Trigger, done by the animation studio that's been doing like uh, they did the Promare movie. They did uh, they did a great Star Wars short. They did Kill a Kill. That'd be I cool. Would... Um, I But no, uh, Cape Crusader is still moving forward. It's not dead. It's more than likely going to land at Netflix because Netflix is offering a lot of money to make it happen there. Yeah, of course. And mind are. you, mind you, so is Hulu. But Warner Brothers learned a long time ago that they do not want to deal with Hulu or Disney because Disney has so many strings Yeah, that they're like, no, we killed Gotham so you wouldn't have Batman. We're not giving them back to you. Yeah. Oof. So uh, more than likely it'll head its way to um, either Cartoon Network will pick it up. They'll pay for it or um, it'll go to Netflix. And that's just that's where it is. Yeah, it's it's such a niche market and TV is dying such a weird death. It's we the streaming numbers, you're right. I mean, they're very a niche thing, but like besides you are the person that I talk about animated DC movies with. There's very little other people that I talk about them with. You know what I mean? It's it's few and far I between. I remember. I remember it was uh was that your wedding, right? Uh, so it was like the day before your wedding and I came down to visit you and we were sitting in your living room and I brought a bunch of movies with me. And you're like, what is this Flashpoint movie? I'm like, oh, DC Animation got really dark and, and grown up. Let's watch this thing. And you're like, damn. Like, you were like, that, it's one of the good ones. You were blown away by how like mature it was. And I'm like, yeah, they've been doing this for a while. And, but that's the thing is that um, DC Animation and Warner Bros. Animation as a whole, there has been some massive successes and some big failures. And they want Cartoon Network to shine because it's a network and they make money off of it. They also, but they also know that the apps and streaming aren't really where kids get get their content. I mean, Netflix has the monopoly on kids shows and Disney Plus. Um, you're not going to throw another one in there that also has Game of Thrones in the next slot, and then, oh no, yeah, like it just doesn't work. So they have to do a show, and they got to sell toys. And where is the, where is the toy market then? And what does that show then look like? And that's a whole beast to make something like that profitable. And like. Your special age dark noir show is not going to sell box toys at Target, right? And that's and that's just the reality of it. A lot of the a lot of Warner Brothers animation as a whole gets money from from projects and merchandise comes a one off. That's why we have DC animation the way it is. Is that it's their one off projects. You don't see a PG thirteen series that keeps going because there's no way to market that aside from the series. Mm. Um, and that's just where it is. But we have we have Dan Lynn coming in. He's going to be overseeing all of DC TV and film. And because of that, he's going to help allow these things uh, to facilitate in a, in a proper way that works for the studio as well as the fans. I wonder what he's thinking about combining. You know, the Marvel route is very much the content on Disney Plus is must view to enjoy the movies now. Yeah. Um, they are must viewing if you want to be a part of the story. I wonder if they're going to do something similar or just kind of get these heroes in the palette and allow these shows to be their own things. I think they, from what I've been hearing behind the scenes, is despite all the negative hit pieces, beside all the, the gossip and all the nonsense, David Zaslav and uh, Dan Lin are 100% all for the multiverse. They, they love the concept of it. They love the idea of allowing creators to make their own projects. And I think right now the reason why things are dying is just because of capital. It's just they need to raise the money again. And if Black Adam is a success, then they'll have money for the next project. It's like, uh, yo, say, do we have to tell everyone to go see Black Adam if you ever want to see a Batman movie? Does no, like no. The, um, does 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 everyone have to go out in full force to get this movie so that they'll make more? So uh, I talked to a few people about this in particular, and I think the reason why Henry didn't show up at Comic Con, the reason why. Uh, obviously had COVID and everything. The reason why they didn't even talk about it, like they, they didn't even put a video up, um, is that people knew that Andrew Garfield and Hope McGuire were in Spider-Man, but nobody had proof. And we all went opening night to see if it was going to be a real thing. Right. And we were all pleasantly rewarded and the internet lost its mind that we were like, yes, we were right. We had this. And a buddy of mine was like, they're doing exactly what Sony did with Spider-Man and no one has caught on yet. Everyone knows Henry's going to pop up in this film. You but think, no well, 
it, the Spider-Man thing, though, the thing that was great about Spider-Man, it was the third act of them. I mean, it was almost, I mean, it's like 55% onwards. Point. Yeah, it's about the halfway of the movie. Do you think Superman's in a third of this movie? Do you think we No, get no. I think Superman's going to show up in the post-credit stinger, and that's it. See, I think Black Adam and Superman going back and forth, like Black Adam being like, I kill those people now, and Superman being like, no, no, no. That's not what we do around here. I think that would all be great, but we're not going to get that. We're going to get two minutes with them. So the scene that had leaked from prior screenings that allegedly uh, Henry uh, did film something for um, has Amanda Waller with the at the task force-esque headquarters basically saying that Black Adam can be a threat. Uh, he is uh, if he go, if he is left unchecked, he could destroy everything, and they have to have they have to have a way to keep him in check. And then it cuts to Superman. And as that was part of a, oh, as, as, as Superman's going to be on the suicide squad. Oh no. Or just the fact that Amanda Waller's planning to manipulate him to, to protect the, the humans against black Adam. Oh, I want, I wanted Superman on the suicide squad. Also, man, that would be kind of fun. Like him just walking out, like we're probably the suicide squad, except I can't die. So, Oh, it would be crazy because he would have to save suicide squad dies. He couldn't let anybody die on his watch. Yeah, he would exactly. just be saving everybody the whole time. I'm yeah. just here to make sure nobody gets hurt. And then he like yeah. <laughs> the weasel and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, um, there's so much going on behind the scenes that I think people just need to like take a breath and stop letting the hit pieces trigger them so much. And I, I said this on, on Instagram. I'm like, what the I, I hate the concept of getting triggered over things because anytime you get triggered, essentially, you're giving someone else power over your emotions. And what we have now is a society that is so used to instant gratification and so accepting of cancel culture and outrage and things like that, that the moment we hear something any bit upsetting, even if it's not even true, we just lose our shit. Are you going to Scientology me, Scientology me right now? Or are you going to use special mind control so that I cannot be triggered by these emotional responses? No, I'm just going to tell you flat out that don't take the bait and just, <laughs> just remember that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Did you ever do? Did you ever do Scientology training with me at Schven's at Schven's house? I did. I did. I remember that. I, it was. It before... was. It was. We got tripped. We got tricked. <laughs> he paid us in. He paid us in hamburgers and fun kid things. But we got tricked into doing training. Yeah, he uh, he would like so covertly bring it up in topics, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm a Christian, and I don't know what you're selling, but I don't know if I like it. <laughs> It's crazy that I remember him more and I don't remember our friend's name. David. David! That's <laughs> his name. I could But even then, like, he and I hung out name. after his dad moved. And, like, I, I went down to Chula Vista a few times to go visit him. So, like, he and I, like, talked a lot more than you did. Everyone dated um, my sister. So then eventually I was like, all right, well, you can either have her or me. And as soon as they chose her, I was like, great, well, you're dead to me. So that was the last time I talked to David. I do remember, I like, everyone, like, that was a weird weird time everyone she was around she was around i was around that's who you date you date your brother's friends i didn't ever dated your sister because i grew up with her and i thought that was friggin' weird i'm very <laughs> lucky listen i'm gonna let you know that you could have gone i'm not saying you had chemistry with her but those times it's 50 50 you with the other you fell in you fell in love with the girl down the street she was up the street so it was just the wrong yeah direction. yeah yeah no your sister was she was like my little sister and that yeah, was you had to stay through the way yeah. <laughs> Anyways, also, um, by the time your brother started dating, you were gone. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> tangents. I have, one, I have one other tangent, but get back to where uh, I have another. I have another tangent that I'll make pertinent for this for this conversation. You continue talking. All right. All right. Anyways, um, so we have a lot of these like hit pieces that are coming out and. If you notice that all of these hit pieces are getting more and more intense, but they're saying the exact same thing, just rewarding itself. Right. And the reality is that you pointed that out last time, that these are the same little same key that points are being pointed every right. single time. And this most recent one where they basically said, oh, the, the Warner Brothers is regretting that the Snyderverse was the Snyder Cut even came out because it like it created an unrealistic expectation that they could never do and blah, blah, blah. And. The reality no, was that. no, no. The Zack Snyder movie showed that Warner Brothers could make a good movie and blew everybody <laughs> away because this is the first time in three years we've seen a good one of these. What do you mean? Yeah. You, you could have done they, this the whole time? They released it and then everyone was like, so we got Shazam, we got Wonder Woman 84, we got Birds of Prey, 
and you were keeping this on the shelf? I wanted to shit on it so bad. When I turned it on, I was like, man, I can't wait to rip this movie apart. And then it's a slow burn and it explains everything and the scenes are long and there's big choices and actors are emoting and making. And I was like, oh boy, this was not the movie I thought. Also, the movie then never ends. The mo- You live inside of this movie for hours. It's your best friend. It was so great that it was like, oh, you push, you prioritize. Listen, I would have much, much rather watched this Christmas morning than Wonder Woman 1984. I remember watching Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas with my family. And we we're all kind of watching it just like, so do we do we all hate it? Like, can we can we say this? It's like, so crazy. She does that mall, like right, like by the time she does the mall scene, she goes to work, and then the bot the body switch happens. I was like, oh, this is a bad movie. Like yeah. <laughs> we were like, but by the, the villain was introduced, and I and I got it, and then I was like, oh, this is a bad movie. They did a mo- they did a, the, a fashion show montage. <laughs> I also thought it was a little weird that uh, Maxwell Lord's son was like super asian and yeah. max lord was like, <laughs> not asian very hispanic very, and i was like yeah i feel like i'm missing something is his <laughs> was his ex-wife asian like don't ask <laughs> i was i don't know but the reality is that a lot of people just didn't respond to anything that warner brothers was doing with dc post snyder and then when the snyder cut came out and they said okay so we saw batman vs superman and it was a it was amazing having that 30 minutes back in that you all took out and now Justice League is even what is going on? And like everyone just unanimously got mad. And yeah, uh, the studio, the previous management, the one who all got fired by Discovery, they're probably pissed about the releasing of this movie because it 100% showed how stupid they were. Right. Right. And for a student and for uh, for the new studio heads that are now trying to find every penny, I'm sure they would have loved the $30 million that they gave Zack Snyder. You know what I mean? Hindsight being what it was like, great. It lives now, but it lives on the streaming platform that they need to make must see content for. So, and mind you, one of the first things that they did was they released it on digital so people can buy it. And what happened? Boom. It became the number one selling movie on iTunes and Amazon, which is a really big deal. Um, There's a great, uh, Matt Damon talked about it in a Hot Ones interview of like movies used to have a second win when DVD sales used to come around. There'd be this huge, like movies would be profitable because of DVD sales. The fact that this movie probably made a good penny for them on digital is a really big deal and maybe should be the way that they do these other projects. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think here's my other point that I was going to lump into a larger point. What does Warner Brothers have coming out? One of the things we talked about last time is that a lot of these projects are already paid for. So it's kind of just, you know, it's a monopoly. It's free money to them. What are their big fourth quarter movies? Because I just watched the new Top Gun movie for the first time. Top Gun Maverick. Wasn't it great? Uh, It does one of the best jobs of writing nostalgia, but giving you something new. It did a real good job of playing that game. Much better than a number of other films. I loved how the first half of that movie was essentially like getting you nice and comfortable in a nice security blanket. And then the second half is like, we're going to remake Star Wars with jets. And then we're going to go behind enemy lines. And we're going to do some awesome shit. And you're going to love it. And everyone loved it. It's (laughs) so true. I turned uh, my wife, Sierra, who has seen Star Wars movies, when they started going through the canyon, she was like, this is Star Wars. I was like, yeah. And, but again, it, but it works. <laughs> right. It's a cinematic tradition. Star Wars ripped off World War II movies and yeah. all of those dog fights. So we as an audience now know how to watch those scenes. So then when we see just the Cold War version of it, oh, it was great. Also, I mean, I, I don't want to. You literally even had, I, literally even had an Obi-Wan Kenobi moment with that talk to me goose. And that was yo, like. Yo, I was and like, then the kid does it. Listen, we can't do spoilers for that movie because I just wanted to ruin the third act. But they did such oh, a great job. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it didn't. I was a, uh, one of the when you had told me the plot, I thought it was basically the Macross movie. They should do the Macross movie though. They it's, should do Maverick versus a robot. I so badly want Maverick versus a robot, which <laughs> might just be the movie stealth, but like they could do it better. Tom Cruise is so good. 
Right, right. Anyway, so uh, right now, as you were saying, Warner Brothers has their their big remaining movies of this year are Black Adam and Don't Worry Darling, which is what? being... What is that? That is the new movie from um, Olivia Wilde that has got uh, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles in it. And Ooh, Harry Styles will sell tickets. Uh, but but the movie is now riddled with controversy. So oh, much controversy. It's just the Shia LaBeouf movie? Yes. Oh, and no! all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, they're like, oh, we had to fire Shia. And he's like, actually, here's the evidence that I quit because you're a crazy person. And, and he then threw Olivia all that said, out on the internet. Then she went out and said, you got to come back and do my movie. Yeah. She told everyone that she fired him. And then the, the text messaging saying he quit. And she tr- she basically trashed Florence Pugh and then begged him to come back. And he's like, no, I don't want to work with any of you. And Wait, it was insane. And then who is Florence? Florence Pugh is the writer? No, Florence Pugh is the girl who's playing like the love interest. She's the girl that was in uh, the Black Widow. She's the new Black Widow for Marvel. Oh, and she's a little nutso-butso? No, she apparently is now pissed at Olivia Wilde for all those leaked information because now she doesn't want to do press for the movie. Oh. So it's getting it's getting bad. And, oh, and you know what's going to happen is if this experience turns her off to warner brothers she'll just go back to disney and won't go out anymore and we'll just she's do still, her she's still working for warner brothers with dune part two she's the princess yeah but that part isn't yeah but listen okay okay she's, she's gonna be great in that Mwadib. that's not that <laughs> she's not doing that much i, I know, know i know she's not, I know, yeah, she's she's not, not the true much. love and the concubine yeah, yeah, that we yeah. have but yeah she's yeah. a she's a character um but no there's so much going on behind the scenes but and like she even tried to like trash um jason sudeikis about like the um getting served the the custody papers during a CinemaCon, yeah and she started like trying to say oh what was me what was me and everyone's like okay process servers don't talk to the plaintiffs they just find you that's how they work and the reason why he's filing for divorce is because when he was in england filming uh ted lasso you were cheating on him that's why he divorced you so your baby, your baby peaked up right at that time. It was a real spicy moment. The baby, yeah, no, there's gave its little snap. there's a lot of drama behind the scenes, and Olivia Wilde is not doing herself any favors, and it it sucks because this movie's gonna kind of suffer for it. Yeah, but like, can we agree that it was super dirty for that server to go to cinema? Like he knew she okay. was gonna well, be there. I, no, no, it was it was trash. I hundred percent agree. It was it was it was horrible. But when you're trying to find a celebrity. Sure, and you have a scheduled appearance of that person, like a sniper, like a sniper. He was watching her insta or her Instagram, being like, "I know where she's gonna be." All right, she's gonna be at CinemaCon on Friday at two o'clock. I'm just gonna walk up as soon as she goes out there, hand her her folder, and then walk away. When he everyone saw that I served her, he went back to the office, and everyone gave him high fives. They were like, "Yeah, you did it!" They're like, "Good job!" So you were on TPZ, uh, TMZ, and he's like, "Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. (laughs) Oh boy." But no, um, but that's the thing. It's like right now, Warner Brothers has to make money off of that one and Black Adam so that they can make their quarterly so that they can then market Aquaman, Flash, and everything else coming out next year. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So where's Discovery going to find all this money, Taylor? Audiences. (laughs) We can't mess around with it. Uh, The reality is I always tell people that boycotting, boycotting a film out of spite to try to hold the studio ransom is never the good way to approach. I mean, everyone was so pissed about The Last Jedi that they boycotted Solo, and I love Solo, but they boycotted Solo, and it killed Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, and then we got them retooled as shows. Got killed the whole cinematic universe. Killed the whole thing in one shot. They were like, nope, no more of this. So boycotting one project to get your way, it doesn't kind of work in Hollywood, because in Hollywood... To get the next project, you have to make money on the current one. Sure. And if you don't make current money, you just cancel everything. Mm. Okay. So does Black Adam need to do a billion dollars to even be relevant? No, but it needs to do it needs to make make a profit because if they don't okay. make a profit, they can't market the next films. Okay. So everyone's gotta go see it and we gotta bring our wives. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we gotta sell two tickets to these movies. Yeah, bottom line is just don't boycott it. If you don't, if you don't, if it's just not your movie, then whatever. But don't slander a movie you haven't seen. Is Black Adam a kids' movie? 
I don't really. even know. Is I know the trailer wasn't. He was beating up. He was beating up those other superheroes. So I didn't think it was. Yeah, he was. Movie. I mean, it's the JSA versus Black Adam, and there's going to be a couple deaths on the JSA. That's pretty rad. But the main, it's like the JSA, Inner Gang, and Black Adam are like the three trifectas that are fighting in this thing. And and mind you, yes, I said Inner Gang as in the human mob people that got their tech from Darkseid. Yeah, they're going that angle with this movie too. So Darkseid still exists. It makes sense. They got to have new. I'm sure the comic book is filled with people, but like they just need things that aren't superheroes. They need things to fight the superheroes that they can rip arms off of because they're gun cannons. Yeah, like crazy mercenaries with alien tech. That works. But um, there's it's going to be a surprising film. It's going to be kind of exactly what people think. It's going to be... Um, I mean, Black Adam's not the good guy. He's going to do some stuff out of his own selfish need. But he's that's do how we it's spend be. the movie with him? Do we spend the movie with him or do we spend the movie with JSA? Uh with him. Okay. Yeah. Oh I mean, it's gonna, and I'm, the two and the two okay, you're right. I, I I'm now thinking back to the trailer. So obviously he shows up, he's going to fight these two entities, and both entities are gonna be like, you know, you can join us and save the world. And the bad guys are like, join us, these are dumb. And people. get your revenge against people. And you he's like, screw be a both God. of you. Yeah, yeah, and then he's gonna do a rock bottom. And there's also like uh, like a super secret hidden villain that's going to come out like in left field. And sure. It's going to be awesome. Sure. Um, but it's already leaked online. So I think don't if you want to dig hard no, enough. No, I don't want to know. But let me, well, I don't want you to tell me. Is it Bizarro? Is it Bizarro no, Superman? No, but it's essentially the devil. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, that's what everyone thought the WandaVision show was about, right? Is it every, yeah. you know, that we're waiting for the devil to show up in one of these. Universes. Yeah, we were waiting for Mephisto and it never happened. We were all equally pissed that it didn't happen. It'll happen um, in the Agatha Hartnett show. Uh, it better. Freaking better. What else are they <laughs> going to do with her? I don't even know what that show is. she supposed to be a good guy now? I don't. Isn't she dead? I don't what? know. How did so, it end? I don't know. <laughs> they had a rune battle. They fought in the runes, and she was like, she put the runes in the sky. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that, and then she like trapped her, didn't she? Like she like yeah, like a, she a put protection her spell on her or something. Yes, I don't, I don't in know. A, in a book, I'll find it. I'll find out after this. Yeah, we'll figure it out later. But uh, like, okay. So, what would the Henry Cavill project be? I mean, you there are scripts that he said he is like, and there's projects and stuff like that. And I'm sure Ben Affleck also has ideas. What do you think the idea that they move forward with? I think that if the capital is there, if they get their money back, if they are profitable again, I think they'll definitely take a swing at letting Ben do his own solo project. And his solo project being exactly what we all knew it was, was uh, Deathstroke versus Batman. And that's what we all want. And then for Henry, Henry loved the the branching off point that we got in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League with, Hen- with Superman and Lois and their newborn. He wanted to continue that story and, and the introduction of Superboy and stuff like that. Like he wanted all of that. Um, and, and mind you, I mean, if they want to just make justice, Zack Snyder, justly canon, that movie technically happened six years ago. They can just right. pick up and hear Superman. And there's like a, a seven-year-old running up and they can no, just do gonna, that. It's going to be like invincible, but he's got to teach him real moral lessons and not yeah. just kill people. It'll be, it'll be a real great. And then, we get, then, yeah, we no. get one, then we get years of like teen, teen Superboy. Yeah. That'd be, I mean. Part of me kind of wants like the the angsty '90s like leather jacket, but part of me also doesn't want them to touch that at all. If he has a dad, if Kal El actually raises this little kid, he can keep the jean jacket. Like that can be his rebellious thing, or maybe make it a jean jacket now because he's from the Heartland. But like I don't oh know. My God, give him that Smallville jacket, the red one with the Superman S embroidered into it. That Let's would be that. good. That would be a great callback to Smallville. Give him the yeah. Smallville jacket. But um, but no, uh, they, from my understanding. I I don't know. It sounds hard to like. What can I actually say? So, um, with the projects that are being presented, they, from my, from what I've been told by a few different people, is that both of these directors, both of these actors, they they basically want like the Harrison Ford deal for Star Wars. That I'm not going to sign anything for giving me like giving you a number, but if the script is good, I'll show up. And that's how Harrison Ford did it for every Star Wars film. Every time they were like, hey. I wrote you in this. Do you want to do it? And he's like, let me read it. And okay, Harrison I like Ford it. begged George Lucas every movie to kill him off. He wanted to be killed off yeah. in every movie he was in. And then even after he got killed off, he still came back. So Right, right. So, but still. Um, 
I, I, that's what I've been hearing from the most common denominator of what I've been hearing behind the scenes is that they essentially want to approve the project, but they'll come back if the project's worth coming back for. Is Gal Gadot lumped in with these conversations? Is, is and Wonder- Jason and pretty much everyone. Um, pretty much, like it sounds like the only person that I haven't heard anything about was Ray Fisher, but Ray Fisher said he wouldn't come back until Walter Hamada was gone. So maybe when Hamada's actually out, that conversation will happen, or maybe they just won't give him a call. I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird, it's weird deal because they're going to retool some of the stuff, and they really do have their pick of the litter. They can really choose what what pieces they want to keep and get rid of, and yeah. maybe even do things in a different way. But the way I see it, and the way I've said it before on every podcast we do, it makes financially more sense just to reboot everything than it would be to go through all of these hoops to bring back Ben and Henry and everybody. The fact that they're bringing these people back for reshoots and additional photography is the biggest giveaway that what they're planning on doing. Okay. Okay. So it's like, so let the action speak louder than words. A bunch of things are, who knows what's going to happen, but if everyone's back and they're fitting everybody for costumes, you know, it's like that. It's like that scene in contact. Like why build one machine to another planet when you could build two. It's like, listen, if you're going to build these suits for uh, Henry Cavill, why don't we build a couple of them? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just kind of where it is. I mean, a lot of people, they, they don't, they don't, uh, they listen to the gossip. They listen to the, the propaganda, you can call it. Uh, Dan Lin is the bad guy. Dan Lin is this. But I said it again on on Instagram. Dan Lin, everything that he was doing with Just League Mortal has more in common with what Zack Snyder was doing than anything that DC had done before or since. And Like, we're t- the and we're tone, talking- yeah. it was and there. And we're talking about Dan Lin projects, you know, the Lego Batman movie was so successful in so many different ways. Maybe Lego is the way that you get Green Lantern. You get kids to know what Green Lantern is because you're going to build, you're going to use all the fun neon green Legos. It's going to build cars and Death Stars and all this great stuff. And then kids go, oh, that's what Green Lantern is. And then we can just have a serious version of him. You don't even have to do a backstory if you do it in Legos. Exactly. I mean, it's silly, but it's kind of true. I mean, like, just let them, let the audience get warmed up to these concepts. And we talked about this before. This was actually a long conversation that we've had for the better part of the last 15 years. Every time we bring something up, we always talk about how the marketing departments for Marvel and DC, they will introduce these random obscure characters and get people familiar with them before they introduce them on film. Right. Because I remember when uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out, and you're like, why is Rocket Raccoon and Hawkeye in this? I'm like, because they're going to be in the MCU soon. Yeah, you can look at that. You can look at that game. You can also look at the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite and just be like, "Oh, this is you know why is Gamora?" It's like, right, that's where our chips are going. Those are the new yeah. heroes. It makes me excited for what they're gonna do with. Uh, I mean, very soon, right? Very soon, we get Marvel uh, X Men ninety seven. When is that happening? Very soon, right? I think it's next year. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was next month. I thought we were gonna get it like a month. Oh, that's really disappointing. Well, no, it's oh, like <laughs> it's it's a while. Because um, we talked about this before, that when Marvel bought the contracts from Fox, they didn't want to pay anyone out. So the only way they can use those characters is if they use the character that's contracted. So they're waiting out contracts for live action versions till they expire so they can use those characters again. And with that's You're why right. Deadpool is coming it's back. Fall, it's fall of 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's we like were a year away. It. I thought we were going to get it next month. I was so excited. No, it's like a year away. Okay, that means X-Men's a year away. Well, that, that means, means whatever... X-Men... Live action X Men's not until like 2025. Yeah, I'm sorry. You think, you think they come in with the Fantastic Four? You think they come in around there? No, way later. I think it's going to come after the Secret Wars. Yeah, you can't after have... they do their their grand reboot of the MCU when the Multiversal War destroys everything and they build a new MCU, that's when we'll get the X Men. Yeah, you can't have the first family of Marvel along with the uh, the fake family of Marvel. Like you can't have those. That's too many families. Too many families, but I also don't think the X Men are a fake family. So you take that back. I actually prefer they're, the X Men. They're a family, but they're your. Ch- I mean, they're much like life. They are the people that you choose to be with way more than whatever they do. Also, I don't know anything. I know nothing about the Fantastic Four project. There's no way there's going to be four of them. There's going to be like six of them, and She Hulk is going to be there too, and Spider Man's going to be there too. There's going to be so many Fantastic Fours. There's gonna be they're gonna overdo it and they're gonna people are gonna get mad and it's gonna be what it is. 
So the kids, the kids got to be there too. You know that they got to introduce the overpowered kid. Yeah, the overpowered kid who can destroy the multiverse on a whim. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. Especially when you're building up to the secret war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to have him show. Up. Oh, you mean Reed Richards' son that later is a dis- at the great ancestor of King the Conqueror? Yeah, let's let's introduce this kid real fast. <sighs> yeah, he'll be there for a little bit. Not maybe yeah, not sure. the first movie, but he'll be there eventually. They'll introduce him. But no, um, I think long story short, Dan Lin coming in. It's not a bad thing because everyone who says it's a bad thing doesn't know enough about the situation and they're just throwing smoke. They're trying to de- derail this guy. Let him, let him try. I mean, we, right. What is the track record that you're defending? Like, what would you rather have? What is the other version of this that you want? Cause whatever they've been doing has not been working. Yeah. And at least they're bringing a guy in who actually has some experience with DC properties, not like Walter Hamada. They're bringing a guy in that has actually, successfully produced franchises and almost gave us the DC multiverse 10 years before everyone else had a multiverse. When did Zack Snyder's Watchmen come out? Around the same time, actually. He was, I feel like because he the, was the, the, the introduction in production of Watchmen around the time Dan Lin was working on this. He might have met him. Because you're the way that you're describing them doing, oh, we're just going to show the team and then do individual movies. Now, that's not what Watchmen was, but that is a movie that just goes... Here's a team of people. We kind of break up yeah. and see side stories, but like, it's like, oh, that, I mean, that movie Watchmen is so big to chew off of, but like, there was still a lot that was really done well there. That yeah. sounds very Watchmen-y. It does. Um, but no, I mean, mind you, in the Just League Mortal, Superman was already Superman for like 10, 15-ish years. Right. His parents were already dead. He had basically built the Kent farm inside the Fortress of Solitude because he was tired of flying back and forth. Like he had basically recruited himself to the Fortress of Solitude. By and a it was really cool. I was really like every piece of concept art that I saw was beautiful. I, I, I wanted that movie so bad and it still hurts me that we never got it because of the stupid writer strike. Stupid I mean, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Dan Lin feels like he needs to redo all the sins. Like, do we get Nicolas Cage in the Superman outfit for in a scene. Do we get like, you know, if we're playing with multiverse, there are 15 years of, of, of DC projects that nev that were rumbling and didn't see the light of day. Are we going to get the Jack Black Green Lantern project? Are we going to get, yeah, that was a thing guys. That, that will be a rabbit hole that I will go down another day. Did you ever tell you about that? No. Did it turn into Gulliver's travels? It was essentially Jack Black uh, found a defective Green Lantern ring. And it worked for him because it wasn't like screening properly. And he like had the Green Lantern powers. That's really fun. That's a fun, that's a really fun idea. Yeah, like and he finds you... a he finds one that like, a Green Lantern dies and the ring is like cracked or something. So it doesn't like search for a new person. It just takes whoever puts it on. You can even make it the magic ring. And then at the end of the movie, a wizard shows up and takes it away. And he and and then he finds out there's other there's other Green Lanterns out there. There's other yeah, magic like, rings out there. I think actually in that that pitch, the the movie ended with the actual Green Lantern showing up and saying, "You're not supposed to have this. Give it up." <laughs> like, and then he so becomes like all have... rageful, and a ray and a red ring comes onto his face. Well, no, the uh, when they this project was a thing, the the spectrum of lanterns didn't exist yet. This was actually a long time ago. Yo, what if we do that? What if we just introduce Green Lanterns in the spectrum? We just like do a blue ring first or something like that. Except blue's not very interesting, right? You got to do yellow or something. Yeah, sure. Bring the bad guys (laughs) up first. Let's do the a a bad a red lantern shows up with a yellow lantern in tow, and you're like, "Who are these guys?" And Green Lantern's like, "I will stop them." Yeah. See, have what's his name? The bad guy from Green Lantern, Sinestro. Sinestro. Yeah, Yeah. Have him. Have have a Sinestro movie, and then we see his backstory. But no, so. Kind of the bottom line, before we wrap it all up, because we're pushing in an hour right now. Bottom line, um, don't listen to the hate. Let's give Dan Lin a chance. If he fails us at that point, then we can all freak out. That's fine. Right. Let's I, I have a question. How many failed Dan Lin projects are, like, if, like, I feel like if if he does three, right? Three strikes and you're out. Because I feel like sure. I guarantee you that some of these projects that are going to, I promise you, some of these things are going to get greenlit that he wasn't necessarily 100% on, but are in the works. I bet we're going to no, no. hear some Mind stuff you, that's... Everything from DC has been canned and starting back from the approval process. He's Everything that's not already filming, whatever's not already nailed down, he, oh, gets he to has approve. to approve it all. Yeah. Ooh. So whatever's not already coming out, uh, that's, all, that's all on him. Um, so I'm okay with it. So like, let's see what happens. I mean, hopefully the studio was smarter than Hamada because Hamada had caused 
Joker made a billion dollars, but Hamada passed the buck and allowed production to go elsewhere. So they didn't get the billion dollar profits because he didn't believe in the project. That was one strike on Hamada. Strike two was everything yeah, that happened. Such a, with such a huge strike because that movie was not only popular in our world, but other movie, other people that are normies like that movie. <laughs> normies like that movie. Yeah. Exactly. Normies like that movie. Normies like it. Um, but no. So let's see what he does. Let's give him a chance. Um, bottom line is, though, uh, if you believe the chatter, Henry and Ben are back. And uh, the fact that they're back means something a lot, a lot more than, to, to me, that's a bigger sign of confidence in the new management than the last, because Ben basically told the last management to go shove off and never he was done being Batman. Now he's back. He left his honeymoon to do a cameo as Batman. He must believe in these people. Yeah, and you know what? Of all the Batman worlds that we're going to go into, I could very easily see Ben Affleck giving us Batman Beyond and having old man Maybe. Batman give the give the mantle over because then we get an Iron Man in the DC. Then we get a fun, D, you know, Iron Man. Oh, we have man. that with Blue Beetle. Right, um, but, but Batman Beyond is also an Iron Man. It's just a... 100%. A, you know I, what I mean? But I, I would love them to do... Now that... We're not going with the, the Batgirl Keaton verse. Let's get Keaton to do Batman Beyond. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's, just, have let's do that. Walk story. Out with the cane, have the dog there, go fight some dudes. I mean, Keaton's already what, 80? Like, literally, I think he's actually like 79 Yo, or 80. Is he old enough to do Dark Knight Returns? Could he he's put on? He's definitely old enough to do it. And I want him to do it. I would love that. Have the red hair, had the redhead Robin finally get her on the screen. Yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder tried to put her in multiple times. He even cameoed Carrie Kelly in the, uh, the Nightmare timeline, but they wouldn't let him use her. So yeah, let's get Carrie on the screen. It blo- okay, we can end this episode here, but it blows my mind now that we are in a world where every movie has to have a female counterpart in it that he that they wouldn't let him get the girl Robin, like the one Robin that we haven't seen yet, and she's going to be popular. She's, yeah. mm. I know, I, I know. know. I just, I just, I just go, I just go. I don't know. You know what? You got to get the girl from Stranger Things. You got to get her now while she is the right age. You got to get the running up the hill girl. <laughs> Make it uh, deal with something, God. Right? She would be yeah. great. Tell her to go start tumbling and learn how to kick butt and then get her over there. Oh, yeah. See, and here it is. Uh, Ryan Unicone, my buddy at Warner Brothers, the guy who worked on countless DC projects. Dan Lin is the goat. If you guys... Like this guy, Ryan has actually met him and spoken with him. And everyone I've else, everyone separately that I've talked to that knows him personally, they love him. So let's just give him a chance, guys. Come on. Let's give him a chance. Well, on that note, thanks for giving us a chance, everybody. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The Cultured Nerd. Uh, Taylor, tell them if they want to support us, where can they go? Honestly, uh, if you want to support us and what we do, head to patreon.com slash theculturednerd. Uh, we definitely like to keep the lights on. We like to do what we do. And we love to be able to give this to you guys. So help support us. Help us be able to do this more often. And, oh, I remember now. The thing that I wanted to talk about with everybody before we fully wrap <laughs> before, up. Before we wrap up? Do we get to come back up. on screen? Do we get to come back? Or there, there yes. we are. Uh, so we have decided... Uh, via text message today we, we talked it out <laughs> we are going to officially come back on a weekly basis now and we're going to try every tuesday at 5 p.m was that 5 or 5 30 5 p.m uh, depending on somewhere yeah, in that window, we're going to be coming we're, to you live every tuesday every tuesday sometime during the five o'clock pacific time hour uh we will it's going to be shows like this. It might, I promise you, you're going to get a bunch of what are you watching this week, Taylor? We're going to explore yeah. Taylor's bedroom. I have to look through all of his toys eventually. So we have a number of ideas no, coming down speaking your way. Of, uh, Star Wars uh, came out with a bunch of those new micro machines. And I like went nuts and like oh, bought them all. So I got my- myself a Falcon. I got myself a slave one. I had a micro machine. Do they open up? I had a micro machines Falcon yeah, they when I was a up. kid. Like, yeah, they opened up. They were up. amazing. Look at this. The whole back of this thing. Oh, it also like makes noises and lights up. Do you have to buy two of all your toys? Do you have no, to buy no. one for daddy and one for baby? Well, maybe. I mean, it might get to that point. But he's more than welcome to play with these things. But no, like the the uh, the Razor Crest, like literally, opens up. 
and there's like yeah. a whole area the cockpit opens up i've got little grogu in there yeah baby grogu is where it's at yeah like no these things are pretty rad and i even got a uh, little obi-wan because his, his starship was pretty rad does he have uh, the bomb noises do you get the bomb no, noises uh, the only one that's electric was the uh the falcon of course of course but um, no, they're pretty rad, honestly. So yeah, I've been buying new stuff, and my new Lego purchase for the month that I have not put together yet. <laughs> this should be this should be a weekly segment of Taylor. What did you buy this week? What did you buy? Um, this I have a it. massive stack of comic books that I need to I need to sort in a minute. Save it for next time. Save it for next no. time. Um, but no, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but no, uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you for indulging us and. Uh, thank you all for our Patreon supporters who help us keep the lights on. Uh, again, my name is Taylor Murphy. I've been your host, my co-host, Michael Santel. And thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you are watching this on TV, scan that QR code and visit all of our little facets of the culture nerd. Because we have a lot of different links in there that you can definitely support us. We also have merchandise and like t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. No one buys my merch. Please buy something. We don't. We don't push the merch. We just have we to. Do a, we just have to do a better job about talking we about. We also it. That's need to get our own merch. Like I need to get samples sent to me so I can wear a shirt. So I, I need to send you one. You sent me like people might see might see it and want to wear it. I know you asked me to get you a hoodie like a month ago and I haven't done it yet. Don't I'm sorry. don't don't listen. I always want free merch, so don't. I know don't, you do. Don't I know you. Yeah. Okay. I know you do. But thank you all for for joining us, and we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Same bat time, same bat channel. Ah, da, 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 da.